Between May 2020 and December 2021, I have secured $8,121,009.35 in legitimate funding for Black and minority-owned businesses. My name is Taliba Bales, and I'm the host of the Black and Bankable podcast. Effective immediately, I am coming for more for the community. Welcome to the Black and Bankable podcast. We are back. I hope you checked out the first episode, especially if you are in pre-launch or relaunch mode with your business. Dropped a whole bunch of gems in there, uh, gave you some things to add to your launch plan that are specifically focused on the financial foundation, the foundation of the foundations that you've got to have um, to to not just start, but to start and to be in this thing for the long run. So as promised, like I said, this podcast is devoted to getting your business bankable, to getting your business into the position to accomplish your financial goals. Right. And so in the five financial strategies that I talked about in episode in the prior episode in episode one, the first thing that I talked about was making sure that you understood the importance of choosing the right business entity. So we talked about whether or not you're going to remain a sole proprietor or if you're going to take the extra steps to be at least a single member LLC when it comes to your business entity structure. Okay. Now, what I have for y'all today, okay, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into uh, specifically the fact that you've started this business or you're about to start this business and you're probably here because you know that I earn I own a tax firm. So the number one thing that you're probably thinking is, all right, now I'm starting a business. How do I need to follow this business on my taxes, right? <laughs> I know it is. I know it is. And uh and 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 I'm gonna get you there. Okay. We are going to break down just a few aspects of what it means to file taxes like a boss, right? Today though, I got my list because y'all know I need to be very thorough. I need to make sure that I'm giving you all the gems. So whenever you see me looking over here, that's because I want to make sure that you get every piece of this uh, outline that I have for you. So in the context of making sure that you are filing your taxes the right way, if you checked out the first episode, we said that that's immediately linked to how you form your business. So let's say that you chose to um, become a single member LLC or sole proprietor, because I'm going to uh, um, attack this as uh, based upon the tax form. And I'm doing it that way because in my experience, again, having worked with business owners over the past 15 years and in getting businesses uh, together on loan applications with PPP, with everything, 
I found that when I ask business owners, oh, okay, cool, how do you file taxes? What tax form do you use? A lot of folks don't know. And make no mistake, I understand why. Because a lot of times you're not doing your taxes yourself. You are wrapping all that stuff up and you're passing it along to someone else who's doing your taxes. And you trust that person, they're doing your taxes, and then they just hand you your stuff back with your tax forms. Um, Not everyone takes the time to actually educate you on what form this is and and how you should file taxes. And so that's what we're going to be doing on the Black and Bankable podcast. We're going to be educating you on what it is you're doing so that if you're doing it yourself, you're doing it correctly. So we're going to approach this context of starting a business. Now, how can I file on my taxes based upon the tax form? So tax form, write it down. Schedule C. Okay, Schedule C. Now, that is how, remember from the first episode, that is the tax form that you are using to relay your business's performance to the IRS and to the state if you have any state income taxes. Okay, you're reporting the money you make and you're reporting your expenses as a sole proprietor or a single member LLC who is not opted to file as a corporation on that Schedule C form. That's the first thing, okay? You need to know that. I want you to know that. If you are an LLC who has opted to file as an S-Corp, then your business's performance is going to be on an 1120S, Right. Because you have gotten that permission from the IRS to file as an S-Corp, your business's performance is going to be on that separate tax return. So you're having two tax returns that are being electronically filed. Right. Because we're not doing anything in paper with the IRS these days. (laughs) Electronically filed. And so you may have two separate tax bills now because you have your business tax return that is separate from your personal. And then you have your personal 1040 household packet. Okay, now, because they are passed through entities, what's going to be reported on your 1120S will come over into your personal tax return. But we're not talking about that today. Right. I'm not trying to lose y'all in the first couple of minutes. I just want you to know that tax form. Because that is fundamentally rooted in how you got to claim this stuff. You got to know which tax form. And then we're going to use that as an understanding of, therefore, this is how you are going to be writing this up. This is how you're going to be filing. Plus, now that you know the difference between the tax forms, However you find your tax person, your accountant, now you have that information to be able to ask for and look for these things. So you're taking more accountability for your business, right? So you you have that trust with that person. That's totally fine. But you are hiring someone to do your taxes. So you always want to know what to ask for to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So Schedule C, you wrote it down, and you know that's different now from an 1120S. All right. 
So now that you know that, let's talk about some of the ways in which you can now claim your taxes like a boss or file your taxes like a boss. You already know the right tax form. I think it's important for us to address the context of this. As I said in the first episode, and that may be very relevant to you, we are pivoting. The world is pivoting. Black folks are certainly pivoting. Moms are pivoting. Right. A lot of folks are saying, I am actually going to start my own business. I'm leaving this W-2 job or, you know, I we need additional income. So we're going to start a business. And so in that context, where I want to start out is the reality that you may be a home based business. Not everyone is going to have a what they call a brick and mortar business or standalone office space or a standalone storefront. Right. You you might not be starting out that way. So assuming that you are starting your business as a home based business, I want us to uh, be thinking about how that means what that means for your taxes. So that's where we're going to start. Now, there are there's there's two different ways in which you can claim the fact that your business is a home based business. All right. As with all of these podcasts, y'all, that y'all are about to dive in and subscribe and it's going to be a lot of information and you're going to have to take notes or you can keep watching it. Right. But these are gems you're getting for free. And I need you to write this stuff down so that you know. Okay. Now, there's two different ways, two different methods that you have. You or your your tax person has a choice of using when it comes to claiming the business expenses or claiming the fact that you are a home-based business. The first method is the simplified method. All right. The simplified method says... And this is based on square footage that if your if your space, meaning like your office space, if you have uh, if you're selling uh, T-shirts or anything that's tangible product and maybe you're using your garage or whatever your business is, we need you to focus on that designated space in both of these methods, the designated space. So specifically, What's the square footage of that space? Right. And this is even if you're renting or if you own your home, which is which is a newer rendition. Now is 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 eligible for even if you're renting. So how do you find it out? Does it have to be exact? You want it to be you want it to be close. Right. So if you're an apartment, it's probably really easy to find out because you can just go onto your apartment's uh, website. And a lot of times they have that square footage listed because that's how you chose your apartment. And you can kind of estimate, you know, what the square footage is in your apartment. And the same thing for your home. If you purchased your home already built and there were floor plans laid out, you can reference those floor plans or if I'm not the one to know how to measure anything in square footage with a tape measure or anything, so you had to find somebody to do that manually, <laughs> you know, but if, 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 hey, however you you get it to uh, being as close as possible, we don't want to do be wildly off. Like you want to be able to have that documented. 
That's what you need to do when it comes to, again, the designated space that you are using for your business. So then when it comes to the simplified method, the simplified method caps you out at 300 square foot. So if the space that you've just figured out what that measurement is, if it's over 300 square feet, then you can't use the simplified method. Okay. But if it's 300 square feet or less, you can use the simplified method. And that basically allows you to be able to get the credit of $5 per square foot. Okay. $5 plus square foot. So as you can, as you probably multiply it, then that gives you the max credit home-based credit, business credit of $1,500. And that's using the simplified method. Okay, so I'm going to say that again. Uh, you might have paused it and rewind it already, but I'm going to say it one more time. So we want to start with the designated space that you're using for your business. If that space is less than or equal to 300 square feet, then you can use the simplified method. All right. To claim your home based business credit. And that's going to allow you to be able to claim five dollars per square foot for a max of fifteen hundred dollars. Now, if you've determined that your designated space for your business is greater than 300 square feet, then you're going to have to use the regular method. Okay, and in that method, it's really about formulas and y'all, I'm a numbers person, so I got to give it to you. But I believe that it helps you understand the, the science behind what the hell this all means. Right. So anything with the IRS is a formula. Now that we know you're over the 300 square feet, you're going to have to now compare that with your total square space. So keeping it simple, um, let's say that you your total home is 10,000 square feet, right? You, you rolling, <laughs> okay? And your office space is 5,000 square feet. I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible, but y'all following me. So that means that your percentage of business use is 50%, right? So regular method is all about the relationship between your designated business space and your entire home. So again, if your home's 10,000 square feet and then your designated space is 5,000 square feet, then the percentage of business use is 50%. And I'll even say that the, the way that I gave you that relationship there between total and business, that also is applicable for your vehicles, so just remember that as well. You want to know that relationship of business percentage use, meaning you have a vehicle. Is it 100 percent business or do you use it for personal and business? But I digress. So back to the home based business credit. We've just determined that you are at 50 percent, 50 percent business use. So what does that mean? That means now that you're able to gather up 
your mortgage interest statement, your mortgage statement, your utilities. Um, if you have a security alarm, um, anything related to the house, expenses for the house, you're going to now have that. And that 50% can be allocated towards your business. Right? So this is home-based business. 50%. And again, if it's rent, 50% of rent, 50% of utilities, 50%. That includes your internet, telephone. Uh, Again, if you have a security alarm, Some people, you know, have HOA, whatever those regular expenses are in your home, you're able to determine, again, the business usage. And then that is the percentage that you're able to allocate towards your business. Okay, now that's the home based business piece. We're going to pop back out, though, because we're talking about you started a business. How do you claim it on your taxes? So we just addressed the fact that most cases your business is likely in your home. So you need to know that there is a credit for that. Okay. Now I want to talk about startup costs. Okay. I want to talk about startup costs. And I want to let you know, and you may have noticed it, especially if this is not your first business that you're starting. But let's say that you actually Googled, okay? If you are a rock star and you Googled the Schedule C and you're looking at it right now, you may see that there is a line that says something about startup costs, right? Or you may you may have already done your research and you're just coming here just trying to make sure that what you found is the right thing. You want to hear somebody else say it, no problem. So the IRS has it. It's a guideline. It's an understanding. It's an expectation that as a startup, well, you might have spent more than you brought in. So there are startup costs. Right. And one thing that I like to share and this 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 goes into this goes into even years following startup one year. But the IRS has that expectation that in a startup, you you quite possibly may have a negative tax return, meaning that you spent more than you brought in. That usually is what happens. So you're able to deduct up to $5,000 in startup costs, or if it was more than that, do you have it? Do you have it categorized and noted? What was it? Put it on the Schedule C. So you need to know. And the reason why I want to go over this is because that is a um, a frequently asked question that I get from new business owners, um, especially when in the first year they actually pay more than they brought in, which is your typical startup. A lot of folks are like, well, do I even have to file taxes? Because right now I didn't I didn't make anything. I just spent something. And you might be thinking that. You may be thinking, well, you know, should I even, do I even have to file? Like, do I even have to do this Schedule C? Or do I even have to do this 1120S? And here's my, I got a question right back at you. Well, if you have spent more than you brought in, that means your business is legitimately not profitable and you have a negative tax return, which could help offset anything else that's going on in your house. Plus, you don't want to lose the ability to not be able to write that off. 
And so here's what I mean. You started the business last year, 2021. You spent $5,000. You didn't you didn't make any money, but you spent $5,000 in 2021. Okay? If you this tax season that just started what is today? Today, Lord. Just started today, January 21st, 24th. Um if you don't file those expenses this tax season, they're lost. So you can't then say Oh, um, I started my business in 2021 for next tax season. And you're like, can I use those expenses? The answer is no, because you have to, you can deduct and, and you can experience it when it happens. Okay. So therefore, that's my question back to you. Well, if you actually spent more than you brought in, do you want to just leave that money on the table? I'm pretty sure the answer is no. I'm pretty sure that you want to make sure that because you spent that $5,000, you want it noted somewhere that you spent that $5,000 and that should be on your tax return because you spent the $5,000. So even if that tax return is negative again, the IRS has the expectation that as a startup, that's going to be the case. So it's okay. Um, And it can help offset any other tax liability that you may have going on in your personal tax return, okay? So that's what I wanted to share with you about startup costs. If you experience startup costs that are way more than what you brought in, which is typically the case, don't miss the opportunity to go ahead and claim that on your first business tax return. Now, I do, I have to, I have to talk about this (laughs) when it comes to, like year two, three, four, five, all the way out in the future, and all this writing off all these texts. Okay, gotta talk about it. Uh, learn behavior. You remember on the first episode I talked about learn behavior. So I gotta, I gotta, we gotta, we gotta talk about the learn behavior of writing everything off. We just gotta talk about it. We gotta talk about it because, um, You know, I don't think we could put our finger just on one reason why in our community it's a learned behavior that we write everything off in our business so that we don't have a tax bill. Nobody's judging. I understand. I'm black. I grow up in the communities that, you know, that that the mom and pops, the H and R, all of it, that will will write everything off. And make no mistake, I'm not even saying that that's wrong because just like I said before, if you spent five thousand dollars in your startup or anywhere, year three, four, five, six, and it's more than the income that you brought in, well, then you did experience a loss in your business. So make no mistake, writing everything off because it actually happened and your business is actually not profitable. Is not incorrect. However, if you come to me and you say, because you're here because you want to be bankable, right? You come to me and you say, oh, um, is it any startup money out there for my business? Is it? I mean, I'm I'm in year one, year two of my business and um, I need a grant. I need a loan. I need some money. And then I go and I look at your tax return and I'm like, oh, okay. 
according to these tax returns, you didn't make anything. So therefore, banks are not going to be able to loan you anything because your business doesn't have any income. I got a whole nother episode on it because I because, you know, because I, I but I had to talk about it in this episode because you're a startup. This is before launch or is relaunch. And I need to I need to grab that learned behavior right by the shoulders and look it right in the face right now as you're thinking about it, as you're as you're putting it into that launch plan. I just want you to know that Talibah says something about not writing it all off. So I'm gonna leave it like that. I'm gonna leave it like that for the for the for the for the expenses now. I'm gonna leave it like that. Okay. So we talked about the startup costs. Now the other thing that I want to talk about when it comes to um and this is this is um actually like a tax credit but because i see so many of uh my black businesses starting again i, I mentioned it before like hair care um skin care any type of product in which you are having to do some research on the ingredients you know or it, like you're making these things in your home and you found the winning um the winning uh what do you call it recipe for your product um, or even if it's it's not a tangible product, if you are conducting any type of research, um, it, it could be with material sewing, you're you're researching fabrics, you're uh, cross checking vendors, you're cross checking locations, states, countries, anything that's research. And I want I, we gonna have to talk about that. I want you to let me know in the comments, actually, if you are, because there's another missed opportunity in that space. And it's called the research and development credit, R&D credit. You may have seen you may have seen this, um, you know, in your timelines or or someone may have mentioned it to you, depending on what space you're in. But I want you to write down the research and development credit. Uh, it's not immediately easy it is definitely a higher level of expertise to understand um you have to be in a payroll situation as well but one thing that i thoroughly believe and i hope that you see in subscribing to me and and following these episodes you may not be where i'm talking about in a given episode your business may not be there that's the point <laughs> You know what I mean? The, the the point is that you are now being exposed to the information and you can grow into it. In fact, that's the whole point. We're unlocking this access to this information and, and it could be for the first time that you're hearing it. But that's the whole point. So now you're writing down research and development because, you know, a bell went off and that's we got you. We got you now because now you're tapping into that money that you might have been leaving on the table had you not known about it. That's what this is all about. Okay, so I'm not going to dive deep into it on this episode, but I want you to because it we're talking about starting up, relaunch with um, hey, financial frustration. Hey, we got to have it on here. That foundation, it's a big foundation. So Write down research and development credit. 
if anything, as, as I talked about, is it resonates with you're in that space and you want to make sure that you don't leave any money on the table. Because even if you don't have payroll, we can get you into payroll so you can experience a tax credit. OK, that's what I mean. OK. Now, let me go to what I wanted to say now. The other thing that I want to, we gotta, 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 gotta talk about um, as it relates to startups. I want y'all to know that businesses can have assets too, right? In the first episode, I talked about the importance of separating your business assets from your personal assets. And in that um, example, we were talking about how, you know, especially if you're transitioning from a W-2 and you have a 401k that at your W-2 job that you are leaving or have left, you know, or your home, um, any cars that you own outright, like no leasing or you don't have a monthly car note, anything um, that is an asset. Now, you can have those very same things as a business asset. And so um, what I wanted to write down for me when it comes to your business assets, what I want you to understand is, and I know y'all have seen this on your timeline, but we're going to we're going to dive into this because you can be bankable this way. If you own your car outright in your name, name, social security number, you're starting a business. I want you to consider it's an option. Not telling you to do it. I'm just letting you know you can do it. Remember, just unlocking that access. Um, if you own a car, you, the individual, social security, I'm, you own a car outright. You're starting a business. It could behoove you, as they say, to sell your personal vehicle to your business. Okay. And be able to use now, because you've transferred the title from you to your business. Now your business has an asset. And that asset needs to be obviously denoted in your accounting. It needs to be denoted on um, your tax return, on a number of different things. But I want you to write that down because that's now an asset of your business that you can maybe leverage down the line when it comes to getting your business bankable and getting your business finance. So I want you to write that down. If you are um, in the restaurant industry, any industry in which you have equipment, okay? So, I mean, it could be kitchen equipment, refrigerators, um, what do you call it, the stove hoods um if you are uh you do t-shirts and you have like those press machines computers cameras all of these things you know see this is the thing people will tell you that that's a business expense because it is a business expense but it's it's actually also an asset Cause see, you know, we're trying to get you bankable. We're trying to make sure that you accomplish your financial goals when it comes to being able to uh, qualify 
for anything. Just just right qualified. We're trying to get you qualified. So therefore, when it comes to these assets, number one, when you're sitting down with your accountant, when you're sitting down with your bookkeeper, when you're filing your taxes, I want you to come to the table knowing that, oh, girl, I got assets that I need to make sure um, I I have on my books because that's depreciation that, that you could be claiming, which, which again, that could be a money that you're leaving on the table because you didn't know about it because nobody told you. There's bonus depreciation. So these are all things that I need for you to know and write down. And we're going to be walking through them throughout the life of this episode, throughout the life of this podcast, let me say that, to make sure that you're not only starting, again, starting your business, but you are starting your business and going to be in business for the long run. Did you know that the lifespan of startups has been capped at five? In the sense that you start out at the 100%, then like the next year is like 75%, the next year is like 60%, like it just decreases. The percentages of like when you start, everybody like that night, started my business, you posting in year one, that's 100%. Each year, those businesses just, that the percentage of existence, it gets lower and lower. And then the statistic is that after five years, most startups are not around anymore. And so that's why we're talking about that on this podcast. Because we absolutely will be around after five years. Your business will be around after five years. Because you are locked in with the Black and Bankable podcast. And so you're going to be getting all of the financial tools that you need in the areas of tax and tax compliance, tax planning, tax strategy, bookkeeping, loans, getting to the money, period. That's what it means to be bankable. All right. So I want to make sure that you wrote all this stuff down as it relates to started a business this year, claim it on your taxes this way. We talked about insuring especially for my home-based businesses that you understand that there is a home-based business credit there's a form that your tax person can fill out to make sure that you get you effectively use that credit i went over how to understand the uh, designated space rule as it relates to how much of your home or apartment how much of your space is actually dedicated to business Okay, and that determines how much of the credit that you can claim on on that given form. We also talked about the simplified versus the normal method. So you wrote that down. We talked about how to file in the sense of the form, right? Making sure that you know from the jump so that you can make sure that whoever's doing your taxes is on the right form, that if you are a sole proprietor or a single member LLC that has not gotten the permission or chosen to file as a corporation, that you are doing a Schedule C. 
Okay. We also talked about if you're an LLC that has elected to be filing as a corporation, that you are filing your taxes on an 1120S. And I didn't say, but if you are a corporation, you have a board of directors, you have partners, you guys are going to be issuing stocks and all of that fun stuff. Your tax return is on an 1120. So we talked about the importance of knowing the tax form. Okay, we also talked about startup costs. And then I got on my little rant about now the learned behavior. Now we know that the IRS does have the expectation that your startup very much will uh, likely have spent more than it made. And we talked about that. We said that's fine. Okay, we answered the question, should I file even if I'm negative, even if I've spent more than I earned? Yes. And then, like I said, I went on the rant about making sure you don't do that forevermore because then I can't get you bankable. All right. Uh, and lastly, we talked about knowing what your business assets are, making sure that you can effectively use a business asset. We talked about taking some consideration on any in a personal assets that you own, personal Social Security number on this side that it may uh, be beneficial for you to sell to your business. And we'll talk about some of the strategies as to how you do that. And that is it. That is it for this episode. I hope that you find it as helpful and exciting as I feel when I'm sharing this information with you. Y'all, if you don't know by now, um, I live for this stuff. I live for unlocking the access to information that's out there. As you probably saw in the trailer, I have been working for the federal was girl. I don't work there anymore working for the federal government for 15 years. So I come from 15 years of working for the federal government. And one thing, now I was on the top secret side, but one thing I know when it comes to the information that we're going to be talking about on this podcast is this information is not top secret. All of this information is like out there. But the problem has just been that, you know, for some reason, these conversations are, are not normal in our community. So I'm trying to normalize them. I'm trying to normalize these conversations and what better way to normalize them than to make this a podcast. So thank you so much for joining me today and I'll see you on the next episode.